everyone. Welcome to Real World Parenting, tips and scripts for parents on roads less traveled. I'm Dr. Laura Anderson, a child and family psychologist, and I'm glad you're here. As you settle in to listen, let me reassure you that you are in the right place. If you're a loving parent looking for answers and encouragement, and maybe even a chuckle amidst hard things. If you're a loving parent who's raising a child on a journey different from your own as a child, and are seeking a compass as you navigate uncharted waters. This is the place for you if you get the theory of parenting advice you keep hearing, but for the love of chocolate and curry and all other nearly perfect things, that theory never quite works as planned with your actual children. Finally, you are in exactly the right place if you're a therapist or clinician who works with kids, teens, and families. My intention is that these episodes will deepen your work and change lives. So in this intro, I get two to three minutes here to boil down 30 years of work in my psychology offices and my experience as a mom in the trenches and let you know what I'll offer with this podcast. I almost called it lessons from our living rooms or couch conversations because my offerings will be things I have learned and keep learning from the vantage point of both my living room couch and my therapy office couch. The aim of this podcast is to offer hope, support, wisdom, and experience in community, to provide clinicians a window into what our recommendations actually mean for real families in real life. We will talk all things kid and teen related and shine a spotlight on families navigating identities related to race, gender, and adoption. We will explore common child and adolescent mental health and wellness related topics. The hope is to leave you with a greater understanding of your child's needs and a, you got this, energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions including, well, what do I say when? And what do I do when? So that you feel equipped to handle the day-to-day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa or lace up some shoes or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad. All right, welcome everyone. I am really glad you're here and I know you will be too and we will all uh, enjoy listening to my guest this week. Welcome Meredith Rousseau. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, and I I will, you know, confessions right out of the gate I keep telling myself I'm was always going to write a bunch of children's books <laughs> and so I'm sitting here with the pleasant kind of envy that is really nice where I'm like oh this is inspirational um tell tell folks a little bit about how you end up in the in the seat with me to talk about kids and emotions and parenting today sure Give us a little bit of your back absolutely so I was I was a, a children's book editor for about 10 years um I worked at Disney and I worked at Scholastic. And um, during that time, I got to work on a lot of different formats like board books and all the way up to to young adult novels. And it was a lot of fun. I was always inspired by the authors that I was working with. Um, And I worked primarily on licensed publishing. So it was books against children's toys and television and movies. So I got very familiar with lots of different uh, kids TV shows out there. (laughs) And um, then in 2014, I had my um, older son, Matthew, and I decided to make a switch to freelance writing for 
license titles. So uh, I, I've written, I, I counted last night. I'm at 197. Oh my gosh. Okay. That, I've yeah. written, <laughs> I was hoping to pull off one, but this is pretty fabulous. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's kind of, and not all of them are like, I have everything on my website, but not everything because some of them are just like little one-off stories, but I've, I've, so I'm at like, I'm like just under 200 licensed titles against everything I've written for Peppa Pig and I've written for Bluey and for Star Wars and Yu-Gi-Oh. Did you, no, I did, um, Yo-Kai Watch. Nice. <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, I was doing that and, um, I still doing it and, you know, I love it, but then I really wanted to start writing some of my own work. I was always inspired by the picture books that I would see and the original chapter books that I would see from these brilliant authors I was working with. I wanted to own something of my own too. Um, I just hadn't really found the the time or the the the, the kick to to get it going. And in 2020, during the lockdown, I found myself presented with two little boys, <laughs> five and three at the time, with very big feelings that were all mine now. Yeah, 24 hours a day <laughs> with no escape, <laughs> no, no teachers to to help navigate um, like yeah. the, the 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 outbursts and the uh, the roaring and the stomping, and so I I wound up getting this inspiration from my older son was um, he was just about he was had just finished pre K four he was at the end of pre K four, and uh, both of them both my sons have always had big feelings. And love, like, you know, love expressing them in weird ways by being monsters and robots and robot zombie monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this idea that I wanted to write a children's book about um, uh, a little boy and kids using larger than life creatures to express their big feelings. And uh, I was inspired to use a Yeti because my son's hair at the time still does. It would be like a giant mop of bedhead in the morning, <laughs> like a big poof, like Yu-Gi-Oh. And I was one morning, I was like, oh, buddy, it's like, it's like there's a Yeti in there. <laughs> and that was how I had the idea for the personification of the feelings. I'm like, huh, that could work. So I worked on this picture book manuscript back in 2020 and now three years, it took, it took a while to develop. It took a while to find the right home for it, but now the series is launching. Um, there's a Yeti in my tummy is the first one. And then there's going to be two more in 24 and 25 um, with different larger than life creatures exploring different big feelings. <laughs> nice. Well, and I, yeah, love this because I think it's, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, we were talking briefly about it, is that having worked with kids, you know, one and two and up, there really is some cool, if you can, if you can make the shift in your, you know, head in your heart in a way, there's some really neat, distinct stuff that works for kids mm -hmm. like eight and under. When I say works for, I mean, is especially powerful in connecting. I use some of them mm -hmm. up through into older kids, but I think it's yeah. especially important like some of the creative stuff that we can do, we can support parents in figuring out because what, what can start to happen with the, you know, I can't, and I actually often thought my child was older. I often thought about folks with littles during the pandemic and just was like, <laughs> Oh my word, because 
there it, it can be so before they have the other outlets and other places it is literally just the same 700 <laughs> corrective yep. comments day in and day yep. out and your you know and routines and and it and it so so what's really wonderful i think what's fabulous about kid brain because kid brain is not little grown up brain it's not and what's fabulous about kid brain is that you can come up with these it's important to come up with a shared language with ways mm -hmm. to talk about quote unquote bad or unacceptable behavior that is related mm -hmm. to real, you know, feelings that happen in life. Right. So tell, tell us about the shared language that Yeti offers folks. What, what do you see? How do you see it being helpful for kids and families? So I, I mean, just from my personal experience with the boys and, and from what I've seen with other kids too, they, they love when they're, when they're little, even now, like my, they're eight and six now, my boys, but they love things that make them feel big and strong. They, they gravitate towards things that make them feel like, you know, there's the terms like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy, I'm a big kid and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm taller than daddy. And they try to stand up taller and move their hair up so that they're a little, they, they like to feel powerful because like anyone would. And as a child, they, I would see them playing in these big ways where it's like they, they, they personify, they, they use the, the larger than life creatures to feel the strength of those. So if you're spinning around in a tutu as a little girl, um, it's not, it's not just dancing. It's like unicorn magic. Yeah. If you're, if you're really angry at mommy and daddy, you're not just screaming at them. You're like a werewolf howling. And I thought it would be really cool to use these very visual, very, and, and the way that the illustrator has done it, just very fun, very, very silly and animated and happy, um, larger than life creatures that then, uh, in like, you know, that kids could use with parents and parents could use with kids afterward to help guide their feelings in the moment. Because in the moment, it's so it's so hard when you're a parent to keep your cool. Uh, the mom, the mom in the book is much more patient than I <laughs> ever ever was. And you know, when when they're they're messing around at bedtime and jumping up and down and saying they're a robot, it's like you know I need you to go to bed. <laughs> Just, but but then if you're getting a chance to like read the story together, then when it comes up again later, you can say you were feeling pretty, pretty big and powerful there. Like little, little, little wacky. Where Did you have a Yeti in your tummy? Did you, did you feel a Mr. Yeti? Like, you know, telling you that it was time to pound your feet against the headboard because you didn't want to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's, I, I, my hope is that it'll so much is trial and error with, yeah. with, I mean, everything's trial and error with parenting. You look for whatever, whatever works for your kid. And my hope with this is just to give parents a tool to help them like communicate with their kid about the big feelings, but also just to share in the joy of it because it's fun and it's fun to read together. And then maybe if a little kernel of, of, of wisdom is taken away from it, then that's, that's all you can ask for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's really, that's great. Cause that, and it also, one of the things that really resonates with me around this finding a shared language thing is that it's, I think it's really important for kids development, two key things. One feelings happen. They're normal. Having the feeling mm -hmm. isn't the problem. What you do with the feeling yeah. is something you learn how to, you know, handle over time. Right. And the second piece is 
it isn't who you are. Your behavior is not who you are. Like that sounds like a, but, but these, the, the Yeti in my tummy means like there's something going on in there temporarily. Yeah. That's leading to this rather than like you, which we've all done, you know, you never listen. Like how many times, you know, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right. And then kids, kids do, they feel that energy in front and they feel like without even being able to tell us, they feel like it's a character thing on their part. They're so egocentric mm-hmm. that if we're not yeah. separating out the the feelings that are behind some of their temporarily challenging behaviors, then they can just start to feel not good and unsuccessful. And- like there's, yeah, like they're like, like they're the problem. And in reality, you know, they've got, and none of us as adults really truly remember what it was like to have those big emotions as a toddler. How, how could we, but, but you see them, they, they, they have these big feelings. They, sometimes they get upset or sometimes they're just so excited. They take it one step too far, one step too far where it's, it's becoming a a disruption or, or um, a challenge. And, you know, part of part of what I, I love that I was able to kind of communicate in the book is that big feelings are they're good. We as parents still have big feelings. It's channeling them into good into into good deeds and like, you know, using them in good ways. If you're feeling strong like a Yeti, that's good. Use that to help your sister build the big block tower rather than knocking it down. Knocking stuff down was a big one with my younger son. He um <laughs> He liked to destroy, (laughs) which is funny because now he says he wants to be a builder, but (laughs) but everything, build the block tower, knock down, draw the, uh, the chalk drawing during March of 2020, rub it all the way, like on the driveway. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, I, part of it just comes with growing up, but it's nice to give them a positive message about those big feelings that they can, that they're, they're part of them. They can embrace them and they can use them to become better. And all of the, I mean, but all in like a kid's story, like, you know, you're not gonna at bedtime, they're reading it for fun. It's just like maybe the ideas in the back of their head that they can, they too can be strong and powerful. Like the, the Yeti becomes at the end of the story. Yeah, that's yes. I love that. Right. Like we give them, I think, is it so important too for kids to feel as if they have agency? It's another one of those key things that we're teaching kids yeah. developmentally. And this is like psychobabble speak in terms of talking about like we want to <laughs> like from a from a psychology and child development standpoint, we want kids to understand that they can do, you know, understand things and do stuff that make big feelings more manageable. Like they can actually mm-hmm. do stuff that either <laughs> makes them less manageable or makes them more manageable based on, um, you know, what naming it and and understanding that that there are things they they can do and that it, that it's playful, I think, is really important. And we were talking about that, like trying yeah. to because because, yeah, it's tricky. We walk this line when we're talking to parents. On the one hand, we want parents to know they're not alone on the days that it's really frustrating and this isn't. Somebody sugarcoated their story to you about what <laughs> it was going to be like. And, and you're like, this is not what I signed up for. Or I thought I was mm-hmm. signing up for. And so you want to resonate with that so that parents aren't feeling alone and they're not feeling flawed themselves because they are struggling. Mm-hmm. 
But you also don't want to lose sight of the of the silly, joyful the joy. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's um uh so much of what I was finding when they were and still now, but so much of what I was finding when they were younger, they would have these crazy antics from from school. I'm trying to um one of the one oh so this this was this was a cool story. This was a crazy story, but um it was just it was just hysterical. Now, now it's hysterical thinking about it. My older son for Halloween, uh this was in pre-K3. He was a race car driver. Uh he was from Blaze and the Monster Machines. It was the AJ, the little race car driver. He picked out the costume. He wanted to be AJ. He had played in that costume for like three weeks <laughs> on yes. Halloween morning. I do not know what happened, but he did not want to put on the costume. And this was my first, this is my first time as a, as a mom for Halloween and pre-K. Like I had made like the, the, the monster cupcakes. I had done everything. I'd gone super crafty and I was like, you're going to wear the costume. And, and he fought me. He fought me so hard that he like had a complete meltdown at drop-off outside the classroom door. The costume was like ripped off Hulk style from over his clothes, tossed in the corner. The teacher had to lift him up. God bless this woman because. I still, I have this vision of her still lifting him up, kicking and screaming to try and calm, to calm him down, to, to bring him into the classroom so that he could just enjoy the party. And like, I, I cried. The assistant teacher gave me a hug. She's like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I'm, I'm more upset than him. And afterward, afterward talking with my husband about it, maybe, maybe not that night, that night I was still pretty worked up, but in the weeks that followed, you just look back and you, you're the moment wasn't joyful in and of itself. But when you think back on it, you still think back on it. And like, I can't, I can't, I have to laugh because I can't believe how bananas that was. <laughs> and a huge part of this series was like finding the joy in the chaos and always remembering to look back on these larger than life bonkers moments where you're not sure if you're coming or going you're not sure if there's god forbid like you know everyone like the clinical speech if there's something because people you know everyone's oh well maybe there's something wrong yeah. maybe you should have them checked out yeah. i some sometimes kids are just weird yeah <laughs> sometimes they just do weird stuff and you don't realize it because you you, you don't have the hindsight of two years later where you're like yeah he was just being really weird <laughs> Yes, but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and being able to let me write the ridiculousness of it because I think sometimes we worry. Yeah, are we succeeding? How are other people? You know, those public Mm -hmm. tantrums. Public tantrums are are a lot of fun for folks and awful in the moment. And then later, yes, you need that girlfriend or co-parenting partner or somebody that you can just sit back and be like, and then like. One of the stories, <laughs> one of the stories I tell is I I moved to West Africa and worked in an international oh. school for a while with my child, mm-hmm. and um, we were with all the new staff, and I was there as the school counselor with all the new staff. We were in a one of the few kind of toy stores in the area, and okay. he got his heart set that he really wanted this, you know, five times the normal price Lego set or whatever that was in there. I said no. He started to have a tantrum. I picked him up because I still could like fireman carry him mm-hmm. to get him out yep. of there. Everybody's staring at us. And from he was hanging down with his upper half of his body down my back. He pushed my skirt down. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a skirt on. <laughs> so he shoved 
my skirt down to my ankles and I'm standing there in the store in my undies and a shirt and with my, and the, the, the staff, I mean, this kind of behavior, I, and this, and I'm the counselor at the school with all the new staff. Right. So I was like, holy, I mean, that is, that might have been one of the low points, not even the lowest, but I was like, okay, you know, and yeah, and now again, it's really funny when I still drag out the story. And you made it and you survived. And and he grew up to be, to be a perfectly well-contributing member of society. Yes. Yes. And those staff members in the store and the school still, I'm sure are dining out on that story because it was pretty classic. But yeah, we have to be able in the moment, I could not laugh. I was mortified and furious. But, but you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's a rocky road to figure this stuff out, but the more we can connect with kids, and I like that. I mean, you know, creatures, animals for a lot of kids, and this idea that they don't tell us they need it, but developmentally they show us they need a sense of, you know, agency and power. Yeah. And they feel more successful when they're learning to to manage this stuff. What, what other language in the Yeti series do you see helpful? Like what, what is that? How do you describe the, the, the absence of a Yeti? Like what kind of words do you use if things are cruising a little bit and things are mellow? Do you have a mellow state that gets referred to? Like when the Yeti goes away, is there something else there or... So I, it's funny because the, the Yeti doesn't ever really uh, go go away per se, even though like the mommy's like promise he won't be sneaky so you can sleep. All right. And um, I had this talk with my agent back when we were doing the book, because like in an, an earlier draft, she's like, Mr. Yeti's got to go back to Yeti land now, Yeti yeah. land now. And I said that and she was like, well, if the Yeti's part of him, is the mom saying he should go away? And I'm like, okay, you're right. So the Yeti's always there. Um, but at the end, the, um, and this, this was, this was from personal experience too, because my, my older son, both of them, they would just give me the strongest hugs when they were little. Oh, it was so nice. I love those hugs. They still kind of sort of do, but not, not in the same way. And, um, I, 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 uh, the little boy says, and Ma- Matthew would say this. He's like, um, can I whisper one more thing? I whisper, or sorry, can I tell you one more thing? I whispered warm and snug. I reached up high and squeezed her tight. There's a Yeti in my hug. And the mom goes, um, I'll see my mommy nuzzled my head from up above. Our Yetis are just fine as long as they show love. Oh, and awesome. I feel, I, I feel that way as a parent. I feel like, you know, if, if my, if I have a Yeti, it's like how, how fiercely how I, 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 I love them and want to show them that I love them. And so it's like the, the, the language, if you will, it's not, it's not that it's mellow. It's just using that strength for something so powerful as showing how much you love someone. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I like and, that. I really appreciate that way of thinking about it as well. That's a really cool introduction to it, right? Channeling, channeling for good. That the the intensity mm-hmm. and, the, and the energy and to to warmth and loving, and that it isn't something that should be sent away. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. that's extra cool. I like yeah. that. <laughs> what um, what other tricks do you have when you think about if you're parents of younger kids and big feelings management? So there's yetis that you can learn to harness. Are there other things that you've written about, talked about uh, in your work with kids and families? For big feelings. I mean, this is, so this is my debut 
original picture book series. Um, I don't know if the trying to think if the big feelings came up in the license stuff, maybe, maybe kind of sort of, I mean, just as a, just as a personal parent, um, uh, it's hard to see. It's, it's, it's almost, it's crazy to, to, that it's hard to remember some of the stuff from when they were younger. Cause I've got so much of what I'm telling them now as yeah. eight and six, that's fresh in my mind I, with my, with, um, with both of them, I'm working really hard on saying, problems are only as, as big as our reactions to them. Yeah. So if we have a really big reaction to, um, my, they were upset that I didn't have the right type of ice cream. I, <laughs> I've got, I've got like four different flavors in there and they wanted the pe- peanut butter Reese's cup. And they're like, Oh, this day is ruined. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's take a step back. <laughs> you had a really good day. You went swimming, we yeah. went to camp, you know, you know, played some video games. So, uh, you know, now I'm using, now I'm using a lot more, uh, introspective language with them. Okay. Um, and I'm hopeful that some of it, some of it sticks. Um, but I try to, you know, it's funny because in writing the series, I swear I've like grown to reflect on my own parenting style myself. Like the other day in the supermarket, it was a small little market. And, uh, one was climbing on the shopping cart because he no, no awareness that it's going to tip over because he's too big now. And the other one was pulling on my purse just to be silly. And I was going to get mad. And I, I looked at it. I looked at the one on my purse on the one side and the one on the shopping cart on the other side. I'm like, huh, this is one of those chaotic, joyful moments. Isn't it? <laughs> and I've learned to have a little, I hope I've learned to have a little bit more grace with myself because I definitely didn't have a lot of patience when they were younger. I was, it was my first time through. I'm still, I mean, obviously I'm still learning all of it and there's days where they really make me upset, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, and I appreciate that. I think it is that that giving yourself some grace in the mess and when you can lean into the chaos a little bit and have fun with it and be playful Mm -hmm. and be a Yeti who's kicking and wiggling and doing whatever you need to do. How, how do you, um, like, have you, I, I saw in something that you'd written, the connection with school. Talk about teachers yeah. and Yetis and oh, behaviors sure. and, and parent-teacher kinds of connection around this stuff. What have you seen helpful uh, there? So, uh, I mean, the, the, the teachers, uh, the, the, the teachers that they had in preschool, especially, um, were just godsends. Um, like, because they, the, uh, the one I dedicated the book to, to three very special teachers, Mrs. Marino, Mrs. Uh, Kraft and Mrs. Tunney. Um, they, they helped the boys and they helped me (laughs) because I, they had seen it all. They had the, the the patience to 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 tell me that everything is okay. We had we had situations where they were with um, caregivers or our circumstances where they were like, you know, your 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 kids too too uh, too out of control. As a parent, that just or uh, uh, there's I don't think there's anything you can do to make this better. <laughs> and as a parent, that just like that crushes you. And these uh, these three, te- all of their teachers, but these three in particular. Um, and then I'm missing like, you know, they all their other preschool teachers as well and kindergarten teachers. Um, they 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 told me they're like, you're, these your kids are gifts. They're they're beautiful. They're perfect. Anything like, you know, we're going to help them. 
there's going to be times when they're struggling and times when like, you know, they need to course correct and we're going to help them and we'll, we'll work with you. And they brought out, it's incredible how much uh, a teacher that they really connect with can bring out just this beautiful growth and maturity in them. The growth, like uh, because of the lockdown was so hard when both of them, um, Luke, uh, my younger one, Luke, especially, he had only just started preschool. So he was two and a half. Mm. He had just turned three and he was just kind of getting into preschool. He had a really hard time sitting still. He had trouble with um, separate, not at school, separation anxiety. He uh, it was whenever I like wanted to do something for myself, then he didn't want me to leave. Um, he wouldn't sit still. And he wouldn't eat anything except bread and crackers. And he, the teacher would be, I'd be watching through the window and the teacher would be reading a book and everyone else, all the other kids would be sitting in general. And Luke would just be wandering around playing with all the toys, not paying attention. And I'm like, why, why, why is it my kid is not sitting still? I just want a picture with my kids sitting with listening to the story. And then the lockdown hit and he just like shriveled in on himself. He got so quiet and he, if he, I felt like if he could have crawled back up inside me, he would have because he was so clingy and we wound up finding uh, uh, in pre-K three, this teacher, uh, Mrs. Marino, this teacher, she just, she just brought out this, this beautiful confidence in him. I don't know how she did it. I wish I knew, but he grew leaps and bounds with her that year in a way that I had, I I didn't know if it was even possible at that point. And it's, it's amazing how much the teachers do. And when they really click with the kid, just how much they're able to help them grow. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, How did you like, what kind of, if you're a parent and you're thinking about connecting with teachers about your kid's behavior or challengingly. I think there's a, I worked in schools for many, many years. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, yes. it's, it's always, well, not always. It is often a little bit of a dance, right? Where, yes. Yeah. Where, where like if, if we, how do we, how do we center our kid? Like, I think, you know, I talk to parents a lot about how on both sides, but especially like remembering how hard teaching is. It is a very, very, very different, right? Oh, yeah. Like, and they're juggling the needs and they're having to get, not only do they have to get our kids to try to follow routines, they have to then impart knowledge <laughs> in a whole group and they're doing social skills stuff. And so, you know, I, I don't envy them. I don't envy and them. And I think coming in with that energy right away is a win for parents. Like, I don't know how you do. I am so grateful yeah. for the energy. You all must just be, it really is like, finding that common ground of, of respect and appreciation for like, this is Mm -hmm. not the role you are in is not hard. And, and for teachers to recognize that we're nervous as parents and we, you know, that it, that we take, yeah. When kids are having a hard day or we get feedback from school, they're giving seven people feedback about different things. They're on the fly. They want folks to know stuff. And we are receiving information about, you know, our one or two or however many, you know, really yep. special being that somehow, you know, we feel responsible for having sent them that way. <laughs> right. So there's like <laughs> on both sides there, it's ripe for misunderstandings, I think, between parents and teachers. So, so being able to, I, I think, really have empathy for one another in the position we're oh, in. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've found 
uh, talking whenever possible. It's not always possible to get the teacher on the phone. I mean, they're busy too. They've got, you know, it's a, like, as, as it's a full-time job and you've got however many kids, whether it's 20 or 25 or more and everyone, everyone, you know, obviously as, as a parent, my focus is on my kid. And yeah. so, you know, um, whenever possible, to get that time to, to, to speak one-on-one way too much gets miscommunicated in emails. It's impossible to, to email coherently about a behavioral problem because everything just sounds so grave and serious when you type it out. And, um, I, you know, I, I mean, in terms of, uh, it's a, it's a balancing act. You know, teachers are people too. We're people as parents. There's going to be personalities that mesh. There's going to be personalities that don't mesh. And you just have to, to, to get through. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, With the kid in but, mind and the common appreciation for the tough spot and the closeness people feel. Cause teachers, I think what happens when kids are having Yeti type feelings, if they're happening at school and they're happening at home and some kids do have bigger yeti moments yes <laughs> no absolutely kids. Some kids i mean i would i don't know if they ever realized like i was looking at these preschool teachers <laughs> like they were superheroes because i'm like they could you can you can help my kid you can make you can make this problem or this perceived problem like you know get better right you can do it yeah. and um they were just i mean they were moms and teachers and people themselves you know so it's um i don't know i i i, I don't know if there's a, a a perfect way to communicate but um definitely grateful so grateful for yeah. when it worked out and when i was able to like you know uh be able to witness the boys blossom under under uh the, the teachers that they just really you know they they've, they've clicked with over the years yeah. it's Thank God. <laughs> and I think it's hard, too, because when you are having the big Yeti moments, then it's it's total human nature for people in that triangle, the parent, teacher and child. What typically happens is from any one of those, van- like from the adult vantage points, the teacher may have a moment of what's wrong with me that I can't get this kid to do this stuff to what's wrong with the, this kid. And what do these parents do? Like it's what's wrong very, with this parent. Yeah, there's <laughs> that's, this, what we, that's what we hear. Right. And it's this very slippery slope, right. And parents also are doing something like, what uh, is it my fault? My kid. And then we're like, no kid, it's you, you know? So it's like, there's this instinctive fight or flight, nervous reaction to look for blame. And that's why I think the shared language, like the Yeti, it's like, okay, we can all agree. Um, we don't have to make the Yeti a bad guy, but we can say this is, I think, you know, when I talked to parents they're like well how do you actually use that kind of thing and it is exactly like you know in the backseat of the car and the kids are going bonkers right i mean mm-hmm. you'd be like oh somebody's yeti is you know or i feel you know yeti's moving in or i don't know what language you would use in that situation give me like give me an example of a a way you reference the yeti on a day-to-day basis if your kids when, when they were younger or now how do you use the language of the yeti when things are happening I mean, I think just like that, I'm thinking back to when my little one, uh, when Luke would, would would have like, you know, be crying so hard. You see his little chest moving up and down and I'd be like, these are really big feelings. I get it. Like, you know, it does it. It, it must it must. I, you know, it's funny because I don't know if I've ever specifically I read about the Yeti with them. I don't yeah. know if I've ever specifically used use that 
on them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they inspired it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. But um, I think I think the language that I, I would usually do when they were right in the middle of like a big tantrum, I was like, breathe, breathe with me. I would hold them. I, what I would do, I would hold them against me and I'd be like, I'm going to, you know, follow my, follow yeah. my breath yeah. to feel the physical connection, to feel the, 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 the sense of calming down. And I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I hope that certain kids when they're reading with their parents will resonate with the Yeti and parents can use that later. Yeah. And the kids will resonate with it. I don't, I don't know if the boys ever no, <laughs> they'd be like, that's just your book, mommy. Yeah, no. Well, right. And they're in a closer position to it. Cause I think one of the things that I see work is that you can, and we do, when I'm working with kids in my office, I try to establish some kind of language that has meaning for them around the behavior. So if this is a kid who yeah. is really into animals in general or whatever, I'll say like, oh, were you, you know, was that kitten? You know, oh, the kitten was playing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw cougar kind of peeking out or, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. So, so yeah, I the think, visualization. Yeah. Yes. And again, you're talking about a part of your, you're talking about your kid's behavior, not your kid's spirit, not your kid's heart, not your kid's. And you're, and you're saying mm-hmm. like, up oh, looks like somebody's restless Yeti is showing up in the backseat or somebody's Yeti needs to get his wiggles out. Like, like these are the yep. ways that I would talk to parents about it instead of just saying, stop kicking the back of my seat, you know, like, yep. or, you know, and sometimes you have to do that and sometimes you do it or you get your hands off your breath like uh oh man that you know the yeti in the back seat needs to play whatever um uh with the hokey pokey put your right arm in and put your right arm out put your right arm in like in other words get it off your brother you know sort of a thing and and yeah there really are ways that you can help kids understand and using a a, a creature that they resonate with. that's funny. That's got great illustrations Mm -hmm. and great pictures to then be able to say like, yeah. Oh, now, you know, thank you for helping out. Can I get a Yeti size hug or can I get it? You know, like also to be able to just say big, intense, uh, you know, give me an intense hug. Give me an intense high, Yeti high five way up here kind of a thing (laughs) where you're just, I, I find that when parents and kids can can use that language rather than talking about, again, you know, like how many yeah. times do I have to tell you get off the, you know, that sort of a thing. Like I can see you because they're not stomp outside. Right. Like and it gets and it's not something like, you know, saying stop doing that. It's not something they can attach to. It's not something they can attach a prior example to so if you say like you know all i see that the yeti's out remember what happened last time he was here and the the you know the milk spilled everywhere because yeah. you were dancing on your chair at breakfast again we're <laughs> 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 playing the, the the hand over the hand game i love how like the spider hands come out always at breakfast time right around the milk cups it's like a <laughs> a, a dance <laughs> to see whether or not they're actually going to stay up or not and if they, yeah, if there's a visualization, yeah. then it's something that hopefully they'll, it'll trigger back to you. Oh, right. The last time the big Yeti was here, X, Y, or Z happened. Like, you know, it was, I got in trouble or this fell over or it just wasn't, it didn't wind up being as fun as I thought it would be. And so then. Yep. Bring it back, bringing it back down. And it's not because like, I, I kind of have this idea. I'd love to see like, you know, kids draw their pictures of their own Yeti, what they, what they oh, think cool. that their internal Yeti or larger than life creature looks like, whatever it may be, because yeah. then they'll have their own personification and identity, like, you know, um, like their own identity with yeah. it. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fabulous. And those are the kinds of things exactly parents can do. With, let's draw a little bit around that stuff. There's no right or wrong. That's the kind of thing I do in my office too. It just, mm-hmm. it just is really one of the, the key takeaways that so, and I know I've said it, but to, to thread it together as we kind of wrap up that it's that these types of tools are great for parents. They're fun. They're entertaining. And you also get this common language around intensity and big feelings and the big behaviors that sometimes come with them and that we can take that intensity and channel it for good. And and you're not it, it changes up the verbal correction mode that we mm-hmm. all get into with frustration, gives a kid a sense of agency and power, which they do need to navigate. There we psycho speak to navigate those developmental milestones. So as mm-hmm. a parent, it's a win, win, win when you find yourselves. And, and I know so many parents are like, you know, give me a tool, give me a tool. Like you can tell me, but if I've got this written out in front of me, then I, that's easier for right. me too to know how to refer back to it. And the kids just like the story. So right. get a win, win, win with that. <laughs> I mean, I've got, you know, I can't, I can't reveal the, the next characters yet, even though I know that the, the very next one, yeah. but my hope is that with the series, eventually there will be a whole plethora of different characters that personify each mighty mood that then the kids can go back to. So like, you know, feeling big and might, this one had like, you know, a couple meetings, like, you know, big and strong and also mm-hmm. like a little, little zany, yeah. a little out of control. <laughs> and that's like, that word. that's the, that's the, that's the Yeti. And then there's going to be, um, each like, you know, the, the, the next emotions that, that come along, each one will have a larger than life creature that um, nice. will be illustrated in like, you know, the same really fun way. And there'll be this whole cast of characters that, then um, my hope is that parents and kids can use together to pick and choose the different emotions they have. Not every kid's going to have a Yeti, but some kids might have, um, this is not it. They might have a unicorn or they might have like a a gargoyle or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those aren't the next ones though. I didn't give anything away. No. (laughs) Perfect. Got it. We'll stay tuned. And and I think too, there's you could there's fun things you can do, right? Like stuffed animals, drawings, yep. just to reference things around these creatures that bring folks back into because teaching the social emotional identification mm-hmm. and and management again, you know, it, it's just a huge piece of navigating early childhood. And our kids have such a head start. If they're starting to learn to check in and see what's happening inside and where the Yeti is and is the Yeti coming out and what's the best, the best place Mm -hmm. for the Yeti is out in wide open spaces, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like Yetis at kitchen tables can be tricky when there's milk everywhere, right? So so like where and when is the time to get those wiggles out and the zaniness out and in celebration of zaniness, I also really want to wrap up with just the not to lose when you can the joy part yep. in it. Right. Like it's just, I, I mean, it's, it's so they're, they're like, you know, just thinking about my, my own boys. I mean, they're so, they're so wonderful. And I, 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 I personally like to try and come at everything at the, at the whole parenting thing. It's like, come at it from a happy from a happy direction, a positive, a positive place, looking at it as, as, you know, even though it is a trial in the moment, looking at it as not a trial, but this is, this is, 
there's so much joy to be found in it. And I think that's what helped me when I was uh, growing closer with other moms, sharing these stories, laughing along with them and finding and finding that I wasn't alone. And also it's just really it's it, kids are weird sometimes and they're really funny and they do like, like the, like it's right. It's if you look at it as if after the fact, you know, as parents, if we're able to look at it from a joyful perspective, then I, I, I feel happier when I try and remember something in a positive way versus uh Oh my God, can you believe that happened? And, um, or, or like, you know, like, uh, Oh, I can't stand this anymore. And, you know, I, 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 I want parents and kids to be able to share that joy through this series, through the rhymes and through the funny illustrations. I want, I, I, I really just want to make people happy. <laughs> yeah. And no, and then, you know, I love that. And for folks to be able to just, cause it is going to be bumpy, but to be able to hang on to the stuff that, that is silly and get mm-hmm. in touch with your own zany. And if I can survive with credibility being pantsed in a <laughs> West African and with my hands unable to pull my skirt back up. Oh my God. <laughs> because my That's hysterical. My, I yeah. mean, but you just have to, but you have to laugh because you know, you can cry or you can just laugh and be like, I, this is Tuesday. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> this yeah. is where we're at. This is where we're at right now. <laughs> yes. How, can the, the bar can't get much lower. Than this, right? Hi everyone. Yes. I know you'll all trust me with your children's well-being following this incident. <laughs> um, yeah, no kind of classic, but thank you very much for making the time in your busy schedule. And Absolutely. I'm excited to follow the, the rollouts that are coming and we'll link in all the show notes and everything, how great people can find you. Just t- tell us your website really quickly. How do they find sure. you? Sure. So uh, I'm at com. So it's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H R-U-S-U dot com. Um, I get, I get so a lot, but it's okay. Rusu. <laughs> and um, I'm also on Instagram uh, at Meredith Rusu writes. Okay. And um, so uh, on my website, you can see all my books and you can see, um, like, you know, you can click to the links for Yeti and the book trailers and the activities. I have downloadable principal coloring and uh, Yeti oh, activities. Awesome. Back to school. You're back to and school. <laughs> we're back to school. Yep. Like yep. I, there, I, I think we'll, there, there will be even more soon, but um, I've got, a couple up there right now nice. and then on instagram uh that's where there's going to be lots of information about like you know my my events and um uh because i'll be doing um some readings and signings in my local area and uh also reveals of the next characters yeah. as they come along <laughs> right we're we're yes i'm super curious i will stay tuned in and it's lovely to have it's a good one the next you. one's really like the yeti yeti will always be uh the the, the first and special place in my heart but the yeah. next one's really really good oh yay all right <laughs> tuning in and thank you very much for being here and offer some some tips and tools for for parents and and giving our kids what they need so thank you and absolutely thank pleasure. you so much for having me sure. thank you <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say I am so glad you joined and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, www.drlaraanderson.com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation 
uh, and Facebook at Common Chord Psychology Services. So check me out those places and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.